Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, the Knicks are heading north. The Celtics have been heading south. And the Wizards may have the best backcourt in basketball? Question mark. Hmm. So much NBA to discuss, but first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former three and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Welcome to Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. I'm Monica McNutt, alongside my co-host extraordinaire, the up-and-coming King McClure. Hi, King. Hi. Uh, joining us today, we got a trio, triangle action, is our extraordinary producer, Bruce Bernstein. Hi, Bruce. Hey, Monica. Hey, King. What up? What up? Um, all right, guys. So the NBA is heading down the home stretch as the end of the regular season. The play-in tournament will start May 18th. Um, we are literally inside of, what, two weeks-ish? Um, Bruce, you don't want to see a shrink. Wait a minute. What, am, what is this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like a mental shrink. I was like, what's shrinking? You don't want to see a doctor. You don't want to see a shrink. Um, so this week's show is going to be a therapy session. Uh, we'll talk about your beloved Celtics as they am um, staggering to the finish line. But King, let's start with you. Celtics. Of course, we're leading the show with Celtics because Bruce is here. Celtics, go King. <laughs> Celtics, Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown has been really good, though. So, so Jalen Brown has played out of his mind. Um, but I don't know. I think the Celtics kind of disappointed me in a sense. I mean, they have, Kinda. So, they have so much talent on that team. When you look at their, their roster as far as Tristan Thompson, uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Like they, they, they should be able to do more than what they're doing. And they, they definitely underachieved. I don't know if that is credit to the Celtics or credit to Brad Stevens. Which one you guys going with? Uh-oh, Bruce. Well, all right, so here's the thing. Uh, yes, they do have talent. And I'm not going to make excuses that they've had, a, you know, COVID issues, whatever, because a lot of teams have. My concern with them is that they don't make other teams feel them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They got a bunch of guys who, and, and Jason Tatum, who I love, is sometimes I'm looking at Jason and I'm thinking, you smile way too much out there, especially when things aren't going well. It's because he's light-skinned. Wow. Okay, continue. <laughs> I, want, I want, like, more Marcus Smart, you know, when it comes to attitude, right? Jalen Brown, you know, kind of lit him up after that loss against Oklahoma State a couple of days ago. And he said, we got to play with more urgency. He's absolutely right. So, yes, they have the talent. But I think it's really more on Danny Ainge to bring some guys in there that, are, that can occasionally play a little bit angry, play a little bit with an edge. They got a bunch of really nice kind of semi-soft guys. Mm. But, you know, um, look, 
we'll see what happens uh, if they can kind of get their get the crew together. But they're running out of time because you know how it goes, right? Even if they get back with all their injured guys going into the playoffs, they're not going to have any chemistry. You see some of their turnovers. Guys are throwing the balls to a place where they think a guy's going to be, and the guy's not there because they don't they don't know how to play together very well. Monica, mm, it's been really weird with the Celtics because we I think coming into this year we had all of these teams that showed so much promise in the bubble and we were looking forward to them taking the next step the top two obviously being the Jazz and the Nuggets but then you think about Phoenix's 8-0 run in the bubble and then you think about um, the Celtics in terms of how well they played last year and then you wondered if Miami essentially kept the same team like would they be able to repeat so I don't I agree with you in not making an excuse about COVID but I do think that this year has been really weird. I think the oddities of the year, I give that benefit of the doubt to Miami just a little bit more than I do the Celtics or even to the Wizards a little mm-hmm. bit more than I do the Celtics. Yeah. Because I will say this, that stretch where they missed Marcus Smart to me was huge. Like was, uh, was really huge uh, because I think he's a real key piece to what they do. I kind of thought after they beat Golden State that they were going to get hot and go on a little bit of a tear. And then you mentioned the OKC loss. They lost to Charlotte shortly thereafter. Um, It's been weird. I don't know. I kind of agree with King, though, in terms of why are we not talking about Brad Stevens in this? Because he was anointed the next pop. And I don't know if it's quite been that way. I mean, look, last year, I'm just going to say it. Last year when the Clippers were struggling, the first person that we turned to and looked at was Doc Rivers. You got to keep that same energy and be consistent in a sense. Um, granted, the Clippers had a little bit better, a little bit of a, a, a better team, a little bit more superstars. However, first person we looked to was Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. That same energy when we're talking about the Celtics. But I feel like we've done this, Bruce. Like, I feel like we've done this with Brad Stevens a time or two before. The year with Kyrie, right? Like, it was like, well, is he not strong enough to wrangle all of these personalities? And say what you want about Kyrie. That was a big bust year for the Celtics. Here we are again. So I just, I mean, if it's, if the choice is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or Brad Stevens, you tell me, Bruce. I think I think Brad Stevens absolutely is, is in the crosshairs, certainly for a lot of Celtics fans. There, there's a lot, you know, if you go on Twitter or whatever, there's a lot of Celtics fans that are down on Brad Stevens. And look, sometimes, I think this is his eighth season there or something like that. And a lot of times teams get tired of hearing that voice after yep. a while. Right. So you need to, yeah. you need to do something. So look, maybe it is. I don't know that Danny Ainge is definitely, you know, looking at Brad Stevens, you know, with the stink eye right now, but it's a very legitimate question. And King, you made a really great point. You know, if Doc's, if Doc Rivers can be in, you know, in the crosshairs, Brad Stevens can be in the crosshairs too. No, for sure. Sure. All right, let's keep it east, though, y'all. Ha. I got my hometown team. I got my work Ooh. hometown team to talk about. And boy, are they impressive. Eight-game winning streak for the Wizards. Nine-game winning streak for the Knicks. Uh, both ended, and then they won the next game. So that makes them what? They've won nine out of their last ten for the Knicks, and then uh, nine out of their last – or eight out of their last nine for the Wizards. Um, listen. Let's just talk about the Knicks first because they are in sole possession of fourth place in the East. As we record this pod on April 29th, the Hawks got punched, blitzed by the Sixers 
on Wednesday night uh, and the Knicks won over a feisty Chicago squad. I was a little nervous there, but then they turned it on in the fourth quarter. Um, everybody keeps asking me, is, are, the, are the Knicks back, guys? I don't – that feels aggressive, but they're, they're here this year. No. No, 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 no. Wow, I think you're I'm a not, hater. Not, I don't no, want to no, talk no, to you. No, no, I'm not going to say that back. I'm not. See, listen, I'm not a full believer in the Knicks right now. However, Julius Randle, I am 100% in on my guy Julius Randle right now. The way he's playing, balling absolutely out of his mind. And I know, Monica, you weren't a big fan at the beginning of the year. You you, you kind of doubted Julius in a sense. I, I did, know. because last year he just started spinning around like a bull in a china shop and it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well at all. <laughs> but listen, they, they're super young. So I think that they have the, the opportunity to, to still be relevant for the next uh, few years. But I think that they're still missing that that one piece. Well, how do you define back? Are you saying title contender as it is back? Yeah, yeah, when I say back, I mean, I'm thinking nothing but title contender. I mean, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm not thinking just, you know, making the playoffs every year. That, that, that's expected. You're supposed to make the playoffs every year. Wow. Um, You're, the title wow, contender. Just... Yeah, like, it's the Knicks franchise. I mean, when you look at the Do Knicks, you know they ain't been there since 2013? But still, when you look at their history, but they, they got winning, they, they, they're accustomed to being in the playoffs. They're accustomed to playing Madison Square Garden in, in May, June, and, and beyond. So that they okay. used to that. So you got to walk they, or you got to crawl a little bit before you walk. So I'm going to go with them. But, they, but they're still one piece away, I think, from being back as far as maybe contending for a championship. You this know, is Tony, what I will say. Sorry, Bruce. I'm gonna right, this is what right. I will say. When we did a couple of different events, talking to RJ and Julius, the statement that reverberates from the group is that we are doing things the right way. And Julius even said it himself. Like, that means that we are in a position to win now or compete now at a high level. And if that makes us attractive to free agents, then so be it. So I'll give you your one piece. You're not wrong. I will also say that they are back to doing things the right way. And I'm excited about this year and beyond. Please, Bruce. <laughs> Julius, to me, you know, I mean, the, the, some of the, the Knicks fans like to chant, chant you know, MVP. It's not yes. going to be the MVP. I think they should be chanting MIP, most improved sure. player. Because he has improved his shooting so much over last mm -hmm. year. And, you know, his, his rebounding, his work ethic. I mean, the thing about the Knicks, they just grind you down with their defense. And as we know, defense travels in the playoffs. Defense travels. You can have a, a bad shooting night and you can still win a game because you're holding the other team to about 40% shooting. So that to me, you know, gives the Knicks, you know, a puncher's chance in any game and probably against any series. And the, the work ethic on that team is impressive. And it's also kind of cool. They're two top players, Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. Both of them are left-handers. You don't see that very frequently that you're, you know, two, yeah. two of your starters are lefties. I don't know if that makes them more effective when other guys are guarding them, that it, there's a, you know, I know that I've heard that theory by some before where lefties are a little bit unorthodox and it's sometimes harder to guard them, yeah. but still um, big ups to them. And, and, a, and a great under the radar move that I think they made that didn't get a whole lot of pub was bringing in Derek Rose yeah, to come yeah. off the bench. He's yeah. been really, really good for those guys, Monica. 16 and four over that nine game winning streak. Oh, He's wait, look, Bruce, Bruce. Bruce. My yes. question to you, Bruce, is why why can I mean I know Julius probably not gonna win it, but why 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 shouldn't he be considered heavily? I'm with you, King. Talk to me, and I will talk to you about Emmanuel quickly for rookie of the year. Like talk to and I will talk to you about Nerlens Noel on the offensive. Monica, Monica, Let's go. Monica, calm down a little bit on okay, the 
Yeah, it's at least worth the conversation is my point. I okay. think Julius Randle should be considered, but he's yeah. not going to win it. I mean, he's yeah. not going to beat Jokic, you know? I mean, <laughs> but I mean, Julius Randle, if he's absolutely got to be in the top 10 in the MVP voting, I'm not saying top five, but who knows? Maybe top five. I, I put him top five. Look at what the Knicks did last year. Look at what he's doing right now. I mean, they go from not a playoff team to they got all these young guys and now they're fourth in the East. Well, who's and your five? What's my, ooh, what's my five? You know, I don't know if I've been watching enough NBA to really just to just uh, come forth to say that. Um, but Jokic has to be number one right now, mm-hmm. I would think. Um, who else? James Luka. Harden, you can put in, in, yeah. in there. Luca's in there, I think, somewhere. In your top five? Maybe maybe like five. I'm not saying he's two. Yeah. Um, I'd go Julius, and then I'd go who, who's my fifth? Joel Embiid's got to be up in there. He's had a say, great year. I, w- I go Jokic, Joel, CP3. Oh, yeah, Chris Paul, totally. Yeah, yeah. Julius, I can't, I can't get with Harden for some reason. I just can't get with it yet. Paul George has been really good this year. PG has been good. And, Honestly, uh, CP, CP, like when you when you when you look at MVP, it's like almost like you if you can transform a team and get them back to winning. Like I feel like then yeah. that means you're the most valuable player because last year they weren't doing that. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, the Suns got hot in the bubble a little bit, and before that they were not doing that. So what Chris Paul and Julius Randle have been able to do. Mm-hmm. Is, is something that I feel like no other quote unquote person in the MVP race has done. I mean, I Jok- agree with you. Yeah, Jok- you're right. Yeah, Jok- Jokic was good last year and that his team was good last year. He, he's still been amazing this year. But I mean, Julius and CP have done something that not too many other MVPs ha- have done. No, and I agree with you. And I know when Steph went over his crazy 40 point stretch in April, I was like, if y'all put Steph in that conversation, then you need to be talking about Julius because they are still a play in team. <laughs> and they're like the then at that point the Knicks I think were might have been sixth in the East, but I mean update they're fourth in the East. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, and listen, I mean Giannis hasn't really gotten a whole lot of love this year, but Milwaukee's still there, MVP so he's going to be so he's going to be probably in the top ten, I would think too. So, but it's it's really wide open, and I'm I'm totally down with the whole CP3 thing. He has because I mean he did the same thing last year with OKC. I mean, they didn't do as well as Phoenix is doing this year, but that guy, I mean, I don't think there's a, other than maybe LeBron, I don't think there's a better leader of a team in the NBA. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting Bruce, that you mentioned that because LeBron would have been there except this injury took, took him out, right? Like took yep. him off. I, I struggled to go Harden just because I feel like they have so many weapons and obviously he's missed a chunk of games here as of late. Um, but I mean, we've seen in such an odd year, we've seen some really thought-provoking MVP performances from some really good guys. And I don't know. I mean, I know Bradley Bill was in the mix for the scoring title at one point, and it's probably too late for the Wizards to get hot enough to be able to have that conversation with either him or Russ. But the streak that they're on right now is impressive. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Russ has just, I mean, he was already way up here, but he Mm -hmm. seems, he's like out of the frame. He's so good now. I mean, I mean, that game on uh, Wednesday night, I mean, triple double with like high T, I mean, 18 yeah. rebounds, right? Yeah. And I think 14 assists. He yeah. didn't have a turnover until like midway through the fourth quarter, right? And he had like 14 assists. Um, you know, it didn't it didn't look like much at the beginning when they were six and seventeen. But um Golly, but I think and again, not using COVID as an excuse, 
But I, I know when they beat, mm, I don't, I can't remember who they beat, but it was sort of in the midst of Russ turning folks' head in terms of breaking the triple-double record. I texted a couple folks over there and they're like, yo, like simply put, Russ is healthy, the team is healthy. Like, and we take for granted just how eaten up they had been by COVID after, I can't remember which game, but I was listening to a post-game interview with Bradley Bill and the local team asked him, you know, two months ago, could you envision this streak for this team? And he's like, two months ago, I don't even know if we had five guys. Like, we were that depleted. And I think that's real. So how much much was... You remember when when who was that? Was it Stephen A that, that, that started talking about Russ yeah. real crazy? And his wife clapped back. How, yeah, how much of a factor do you think that played in Russ's mentality? You think you think that this is solely because he's tired of, of the critics talking about his triple doubles don't 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 lead to winning, or 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 do you think it's just just the the, the uh, good timing, I guess? Uh I think it has zero to do with critics. I think Russ is one of the very rare beings that literally does not care. Like mm. zero F's given. Like, <laughs> and I, I think from him, that's legit. Cause think about it. I remember reading, I don't remember if it was the GQ piece, but he's talked very candidly. He was not predicted to get to the league. Like, all of the things that have happened for him, none of it was predicted. And so he moves with a sense of gratitude and urgency and an ability to be true to himself. He didn't come in with the same kind of hype that a KD did when they were all in OKC. So he's, I mean, he's on record saying stuff like that. So I think for him, and he talked about it this week, the bits of his press conference was going viral as he talked about, you know, I don't cheat the game. Like I play hard every night and that's just it. And I think whether we like it, love it, want him to be a better shooter, maybe he can't win, whatever. Legit, he's probably one of the very few guys that could care less. And I don't he's think, hella productive. I don't think he gets enough credit for his basketball IQ because mm-hmm. he's really sort of changed his game you know, recently, because for years and years and years, he was going 120 miles an hour all the time. And I remember Avery Johnson, the, the great coach used to, we used to talk about point guards and guards. And he said, the best guys learn, need to learn how to change speeds. Yeah. And, and Russ never learned how to change speeds, but now he's sort of learned how to change speeds a little bit. And I think that's make him better. And it's allowed him to make his teammates better too. Um, he slowed down just a little bit and I think, you know, that's really helped him and it's helped their team. No, that, that, that's huge. As a guard, you have to be able to change pace. And, but, but it kind of sort of like makes it, makes rush just that much harder to guard. Cause I can imagine guarding them. Like if a dude's coming at you 120 miles per hour, like you got to make a quick decision. Like I'm either going to step in front of this, I'm either going to cut him off and you got to guess. And if you don't guess right, then you're getting blown by. And it's an easy, like you kind of look back. I was hooping the other day and dude came at me like, 80 miles an hour. It wasn't even like nowhere near Russ. 80 miles an hour. And I guessed wrong. And I was like, oh, man. I can just imagine going against Russell Westbrook and him coming at me 100 miles an hour. And I'm like, oh, I got to make a decision. So, like, I feel like that right there makes him so hard to guard. But you're right. As a good guard, if he could learn how to change speeds like he's kind of done now, I think that'll make him way more effective because if he can go at 100 or he can go at, like, 60, that makes him that much harder to guard. Bruce, you notice how King had to make sure we knew that he was playing ball the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me tell let me tell let me tell you how young I am. He's got I'm a new sweatshirt too. Check that thing out. It says <laughs> BU 2021 on that thing. That's nice. Yeah, I had to steal this from Jared Butler. Uh, <laughs> but let me tell you how young I am. I'm on the court. Matter of fact, two days ago, 
I'm on a call with Mike Miles, who I called at TCU. I'm on a call with Kyler Edwards, who played at Texas Tech. RJ Nimhard, who played at, at TCU. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie, uh, Big Ed, who played at TCU as well. I'm like, listen, I'm 24 years old. What am I doing talking on television? I should be playing this basketball game. And I'm out there killing. Uh, is this your warning that you're leaving the pot and going back <laughs> to competing? <laughs> no, what I am going, I, mean, I am going to go play in this combine, though. And right after this pod. Uh, okay. Well, good luck. Stay safe. Yeah, yeah we'll be rooting for you. Whatever Definitely. it is you're doing. Definitely. <laughs> um, bef- be- before we uh, move on, though, from King's basketball career and the Wizards, <laughs> I do want to take a moment for Rui Hachimura getting the best of Anthony Davis on Wednesday night. That was nasty. Boy. That was nasty. <laughs> was it? Oh my god. But listen, Monica, nothing, nothing, nothing was nasty to what I saw with Miles Bridges. Well, that, on who? When? Like probably three of them. I know he he has had a bunch this last month. <laughs> it's true. The one on Capella, though, the, one is the, one I, the first one. Was a straight homicide. <laughs> that, that was bad. Like I'm talking about body to body, full extension. Oh my goodness. Why is um, okay, that's a real question. What happened? Why can't we get him and Zion in the dunk contest? Uh, one of them said, no, no, no. Anthony Edwards said that he's not that creative. He's just a powerful dunker. I would like to see Miles Bridges do it. I don't know. I feel like the same thing Anthony Edwards said might apply to Zion. I don't know how creative he is. He's just you real powerful. You gotta be creative when, you, when your chest is at the rim. In a dunk contest, you do, though, I feel like. Come on, we judge the dunk contest. I mean, yeah, but like all we got, if we see a 360 windmill when you're like your chin is at the rim, like that's an automatic 10. If somebody in the dunk contest wasn't super creative, but they brought the whole backboard down, which Zion might be capable of doing, wouldn't, I mean, is that an automatic win? That would, it would end the show. So uh, it might switch hands. Yeah, have switch sides. Um, I don't know. I, I'm curious. We got to see. I can see Miles Bridges for sure during a dunk contest. I don't know if Zion would. He sees, I loved I loved him gushing about the garden when they uh, lost. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was like, dang, he just set New York on fire. <laughs> I think Zion on Wednesday night said something really, really cool that I really, really respect. And uh, he, uh, he probably got fouled towards the end of that Denver game, you know, in the last few seconds. Looked like Jokic fouled him and they didn't get the call. And he, you know, and Stan Van Gundy, of course, was livid because Stan is always going to have his guys backs. Uh, but but Zion said, you know what? I'm only in my second year. Still got to earn my respect from the refs. I thought that was a very mature, smart thing to say. Um, and I also feel like Zion and LeBron are similar in, in this way. They're so able to play through contact that they don't get calls that they should get sometimes. Because they just, you know, it's like a, almost a play on when the ref looks at it. Whereas like lesser guys who will sell a call don't even get hit as hard as those guys and they go to the line for two. So Zion, you know, way to go. Smart, smart move. But uh, he should be at the line even more than he is. He's so grounded. He's so, I mean, I, I don't mean to use the word cute talking about a grown man, but like... <laughs> He's just this Southern kid, really great at basketball, enjoying the moment, excited to be healthy. Um, he does seem to have a really good head on his shoulders. But before uh, we move on, we got to definitely tap in 
in the Western Conference, guys, the top three teams, Utah Clippers, or Utah Phoenix right now, and then the Clippers, they got a little triangle action going, at least for Phoenix. They beat the Clippers on Wednesday night to clinch the playoffs, and now they play Utah on Saturday. I, for one, am very excited for this basketball game. Mm. I don't know why. I feel like Utah still does not get the respect they deserve. We kind of talked about it on the pod with Ryan. Like, Utah's number one. They're the best team in the the West, according to the record. And they still don't get the love they deserve. I mean, when when is Utah finally going to start getting that respect that they deserve? When they give us some iconic playoff series wins. Yeah, I mean, you know, some teams are really good. Don't be mad. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Bruce. Well, no, they're they're they they've been great in the regular season, and you're right. I mean, you need to you know blow through your first round, and then you know at least get to the conference finals. I mean, they, you know, I don't think I don't think they've quite achieved that with this group, um, but they are. You know, look, they're a really nice team. Um, Donovan Mitchell, you know, hopefully he'll come back healthy. It seems like he's been out a little bit. Um, Rudy Gobert, always Donovan still great. out. He didn't play yesterday. Oh, okay. But I mean, they won that game by about a hundred points yesterday. So, one fifty-four, I mean, crazy. It's an all-star game score. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, they can. I think Utah. You know, they're always dangerous at home. They have the nastiest, most awful fans in the league that say the worst things to opposing players, and they play at altitude too. Utah's up there, kind of like Denver. Yeah. Utah fans are known for being like really nasty nasty house to have to go play in i've heard that from some different nba players pods yeah and we're not going to go into the absolute gory details there but i think a lot of people could probably figure that out uh is donovan mitchell the mvp candidate for you kim uh, I mean, should he should his name be brought up? Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just yeah, having a conversation. Yeah. I'm not telling his, you. His name should potentially be brought up, but I don't think he'd be in the top five and maybe not even maybe bottom of the top ten. Maybe. Maybe. Um okay, come on, guys. Let's put our list together because we keep doing this. We this is like all week I've been having conversations with different analysts about the NFL draft, and you're like. You can't tell me who you would take because we don't know who was taken. So let's give ourselves a rubric. Our top 10 candidates for MVP in order. Oh Want to go gosh. bottom to top? Oh, my God. Dang. Uh, that's, that's a, you're you a, keep you're saying a, you're he a, wouldn't be in my top 10 or he'd be in my top five, but you can't tell me who's in it. Let's go top five then. Okay, well, come on. Top five. All right, let's go. Let, the let's, Joker is one. The jo- Why is the Joker not one on your list? Because he's been amazing all year long. I don't right. actually, that's a good point. Hold on. Well, now, now, we're not going with everybody else's standards. We're going with our own standards. I think I, I got Embiid number one myself. See, I don't, I don't. Okay. I know he's missed some games. Yeah. I think I was going to say, you got to reward the Joker for being on the floor the whole time. Um, yeah. I think CP3 yeah. is top five in my list easily. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, can I can I put CP3 in like in, in my top two? Yeah, he's in, he's in like my yeah. top three, legit. Yeah. Maybe um, hmm? maybe number one. I think there's a real case to be made for CP3 as MVP this year. Like he's been on he's been on the floor the same as Joker. 
the Phoenix Suns are sitting in second. They could be, yeah. they could finish the regular season one in the Western Conference. That's a total team turnaround. Like, I think one. I do, I do think that Joker's numbers have been very, very impressive from the four or five spot. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's true. And I think, and the Nuggets have been very good. And if by our calculations, Jamal Murray goes down April 12th, they've been seven and one since. To me, that also strengthens his case. Like he's keeping this, this thing afloat. But that, that's it. But like, I don't know. Like the, the, the Nuggets just haven't gotten any better. I mean, they, they were just as good last year. Almost in a sense. I don't remember where they finished exactly last year, but no, I, don't that's a- I know they I know they were just as good. Like so that's what I'm saying. Like when you when you look at numbers, when you look at the numbers, like yeah, yoga's been impressive, but like has it really translated though? Like to, to more wins? Like I don't I don't know how they finished last year. I could be wrong. I but think they it- were in that ballpark there. I think you're close. Yeah. And like but we look at the jazz. I mean, the jazz was playing nuggets in the what it was that first round series, but the jazz have significantly improved, like. The the Suns have significantly improved. When you look at the, the the Nuggets, I mean, yeah, Jokic has been impressive, but what he's been doing is got in the same place in the same spot in the playoffs. That's why I say Chris Paul is so impressive because it went from no playoffs to maybe potentially number one in the Western Conference. So for me, I got to go CP in my as my MVP. So that's your that is your pick. That's my pick as of right now. I gotta go CP just based off production and, and what he's done with the whole whole program. Yeah, can you use the word program in, in the NBA? Organization. Organization, because program is college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> organization. You you use the Canadian pronunciation, Monica. You said organization. That's how <laughs> they say that in Canada. Oh, is it? Yeah. I also spell defense with a C. I'm really trying to put together a whole 10 candidate list because I'm. Ten is tough. Ten is tough. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I said Embiid, you but it could, easily it. Be, it could easily be Joker. Embiid or Joker to me. CP3 definitely is up there. Um, you know, Giannis kind of lurking below the surface. Randall, maybe Randall's top five. I you got nine. You know? I got nine so far, guys. Give you know, me Luca's, Luca's in the mix. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, I, Luca makes 10. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 Monica, don't tell me. Hold on, wait. Steph Curry, any love? I did put him to get 10. Yeah. Because right now I got CP3-1, Jokic 2, MB3, Julius 4. Who am I missing my five? Should I Luka. go? Luka. Luka, PG, you Luka. said James. James, yeah. Yeah, Luka. but he right. He's been missing. He's been missing a few, a few games lately. Uh, Paul George, Kawhi. Kawhi's not getting any attention, but Quietly, he's averaging like 26, you know. I'm going to go Luca number five. They stinked or stunk in the first part of the season. Yeah, I'm going to go Luca number five. There we go. All right, so I'm going to go, golly, CP3 or Joker is so tough. I'm still going to go Joker right now, one. Mm-hmm. I'm going CP3, two. I'm actually going Julius, three. Go ahead, say it with your chest. I got MB, four. And I'm actually going Giannis five. I know we have MVP fatigue, but the Bucks are still right there. Mm, I got CP3 number one, Jokic number two, Julius number three, and B number four, and Luca number five. Bruce, I'm gonna say Joel number one, um, Joker number two, CP number three. CP3, number 
<laughs> um, uh, probably gonna you have to Paul George. <laughs> well, I like Paul George a lot, and he's been mm-hmm. good. But I but I got to put Luca ahead of him. So I guess Luca number four, and I'll give I'll give Randall number five because you guys convinced me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you guys convinced me. You were you. I, I you know not a Knicks fan, but give him his love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, the other, to round out the entire 10, and we kind of touched on some of these at different points. I got James Harden, Paul George, Steph, Donovan Mitchell, and an asterisk by LeBron, because he was making a great case before he went out. That's fair. Donovan's out right now, too, though. That, that, that's, that's a fair list, Monica. Good job, Monica. It took us a minute to get there, but we got there. Great team. Le- LeBron, LeBron's the all-time MVP in my mind. Facts. Um, okay, Bruce, before we wrap this pot up, in fact, speaking of LeBron, where's my list from my other show that I did the other night? Dr. J. Mm. Dr. J gave us his all-time teams, two all-time teams, and did not include a plethora of guys that King and I grew up watching. And so, Bruce, we're tapping into your wisdom and how long you've been with the game. This was Dr. J's list. Team, first team. Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Elgin Baylor. Second team, Magic, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Carl Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He well, didn't put if- himself, and he obviously didn't put what anybody born or anybody that played in the ninth after 1999. Yeah, I mean, that to me is like, that's like the... The, the 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 grouchy old uncle and i'm not saying he's grouchy because dr j is wonderful and we all love and admire him but that's just a bunch of old dudes right i mean yeah. you know where's where's you know look you know where's tim duncan right where's mm-hmm. where's uh lebron james shaq and kobe uh, shaq and kobe absolutely yeah. so to me he's just kind of you know that's sort of a dated list okay that list, Yes. The the one asterisk though, Bruce, he did he was asked specifically about LeBron and he said he left him off because LeBron started the super teams. I didn't get that. What does that even mean? Like I I, I why, what why is that relevant? Because Bruce, tell me if I'm wrong. As I understand it, Dr. J came from an era where you just didn't team up. Like you went and figured it out through the draft and with your team. And so he his knock against LeBron is that he started the super team era where basically guys got to rely on their buddies to help him get it done. First of all, he didn't because the first super team had like three guys that Dr. J mentioned in his top 10 guys, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and Wilt Chamberlain. That was the first super team. That was like in the late sixties when the Lakers put hey, Bruce, together. Yeah. Celtic, the, the Celtics too, correct me if I'm wrong, when they had, didn't they have Bill Russell and Larry Bird in the same team? Nah. Yeah, but- no, no, well, Bird on. came oh, after man. Russell. My bad, I'm too young, my bad. <laughs> nice try, King. Also, Bruce, did those guys team up or did they were they drafted by the organization? Like, did they organically come to the organization? Weston Baylor were there. Wilt came in a trade because there was no free agency back then. You couldn't do mm-hmm. what they do now. But they, but they traded mm-hmm. a bunch of guys and they got Wilt and they ended up winning a championship. They lost in the finals a couple times also. But, um, you know, I think... Dr. J, you know, the the list is just a little bit dated. And as far as the super teams go, he does have a sort of a point there because one of my former colleagues at ESPN, who I'm not going to name because he's really well-known former player, I was having the conversation with him one time about LeBron. I might've mentioned this on a previous show because I'm singing LeBron's praises. And this guy who was a borderline Hall of Famer himself 
is like going, no. I'm like, no. He's there, no. He Because he was down on LeBron for going to Miami after D. Wade already had won a championship without him. He's there. Mm-hmm. He went to another man's team and he won, you know, on another man's team. So he was kind of holding that against him. And, you know, some people have said the same thing about Kevin Durant when he went to Golden State. He mm-hmm. went to another man's team. Steph had already won. So, and I, notably, Kevin Durant wasn't on Dr. J's list either. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was his reason, but Kevin Durant's, you know, on, you know, I mean, absolutely one of the all-time greats. So, sure. so I hear, I hear you, Dr. J. But I mean, if LeBron isn't on your all-time first team, then I, I just disagree. No, you're yeah, a I mean, smart man. I disagree. Like th- this will probably never happen. But Dr. J would take his team, and then we put a team of new era guys right now. <laughs> his team gets smacked by twenty-five at least. I think you're bugging. I think you're bugging. Bugging at all. His team gets smacked, especially that first team. No disrespect at all. No disrespect. His okay. Give me your no top disrespect. five. Okay. So wait a minute, because I think you're absolutely bugging. Just for hypothetical sake, give me the top five that's slapping this team by 30. The first team, not, not the second team, not, not team with Jordan. Team with Jordan a little better. Okay, Oscar Robertson, team. Jerry West, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Elgin Baylor. El- I know of the legend of Elgin Baylor just made a DC chick. But please, give me, give me the team that's smacking them. Okay, I'm going, I'm going LeBron at the one. I'm going Kobe at the two. KD at the three. Wait, do I want to go KD at three? Yeah, I go, I go KD at the three. I put, uh, we'll go Tim Duncan at the four, and then we'll go Shaq at the five. So the only place where I feel like you, you've got a flat out advantage, to me, just because of his physicality, is Shaq. But Will and Bill were KD before we got KD in terms of their versatility. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce. They were KD before we got KD. Wait, what? In terms of their versatility, their length, the different way that they could approach the game, you got to remember how much the game has involved. Wait, what? That's what I'm saying. Like they would have, we would have played the game right now. The game is different. The game has evolved. They would have no chance against the team I just named. I don't. I think no chance is ignorant. Bruce, please help us. Uh, no love for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You guys are both a little bit too young to remember Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was really at his prime the most unstoppable player ever you could yeah. not stop him he had that sky hook and he was seven two and he would take that thing from 15 feet away from the hoop and he would just you know nail it that guy was i mean he did have six nba championships i think five mvps i mean kareem abdul jabbar you know has sort of been devalued over time and to me, as a kid, I mean, he was just like, oh, my God, can't Bruce, stop him. Bruce, you're on a tangent. You're supposed to tell me how this game was going to go between King's first team and Dr. J's first team. Well, the newer guys are all more athletic than those older guys. So they're going to be able to play that, their style and, you know, and they're skilled as well. So, I mean, probably the, the new school guys would win. Would they smack them? Yes. No, it's, I it, can't give you smack. It's, so what is smack? Is smack like... 10 points is smack 30 points. King said 30. No, I said, 30. I, said I said 20. I said 20. Okay. You're right on the borderline there. I think, yes, I don't think, I don't think they would yeah. smack them by 20. I think it, they would beat them. It's two different levels of athleticism. Like when you look at LeBron, what's his name? Uh, who, wait, name, name, name Dr. J starting by. 
Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Elgin Baylor. Like, like no offense to the logo, but it, who was he guarding in the starting five? Who was he guarding that five? No, I agree. Jerry West is a weak spot, and I think Shaq and Elgin Baylor is a super weak spot, too. But otherwise, I think that... You just named three weak spots. <laughs> no, I said two. I said you, two. You said Elgin Baylor. I said Jerry West versus Kobe yeah. and Elgin Baylor versus Shaq. Oh, versus Shaq. Yeah, that's two weak spots. Now, where is a weak spot on our, on our squad? I I don't... I We didn't get to see them in person. I think Wilt, and, Wilt versus KD will be hilarious to watch. And I think Bill Russell versus Tim Duncan. I just think that... I, mm, this is hard to do, and I, I hear the argument on athleticism. Wait, but Elgin I just Baylor, what, what position was Elgin Baylor? I thought it was a wing. Elgin Baylor was was playing above the rim when nobody in the league was playing above. Was, the he, that, was he a wing though? Yeah, yeah, he was like a three. So then it would be it would be more. So it would Shaq, be it would be, be Shaq Shaq against Wilt and yeah. Duncan against Bill Russell. So Elgin and KD then maybe are the matchup. That, I just that, that's a weak spot. That's mm-hmm. two. I'm, I'm not ready to do that. The I'm just not ready. Way. Oh, my goodness. Elgin would, would have a real height disadvantage against KD. Elgin was like 6'6", six, six, and KD is like, what, 6'10", six, 6'11"? Six, yeah. yeah. So, he, so he'd have a problem there. Same thing with Bill Russell, right? Bill Russell was only like 6'9". Six, six, he was 6'9". Six, nine. Nine? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I was going to say, Bill Russell's nine. big. Um, okay, well, we could do this all night, and I wish that somebody needs to figure out a way to simulate this, maybe with NFTs or something. Like, I would love <laughs> to see it. Uh, this is actually really interesting, but I got to keep it moving, so let's roll. That was dope. <laughs> all right, good people, it's time to wrap this thing up. Thanks to our producer and guest co-host today, Bruce Bernstein, our terrific editor, Kristen Woolley, Please check out all of our Pure Hoops media shows. Mike Wise has a new show each Monday. His guest this week is Fran Fischilla of ESPN, who explains how the Euros went from being our students to our teachers, Grasshopper. If you Mm. caught that reference, shout out to you. Four Court has a new show each Tuesday. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is here on Wednesday. And this week, Bruce got his co-host on again as he joined Otto Strong, and they welcomed my girl, Amina Smith of NBC Sports Boston. She's got a new show she hosts focusing on the seas. King and I have buckets, boards, and blocks on Thursday, and the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman is here every Friday. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. So, 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 I'm tired of talking about this. So we'll just keep this one short. Please, please, please go get the vaccination whenever you can. It's easier than ever to get now. I'm fully vaccinated. Go get it, please. Protect yourself and others. And if you see a nurse, see a doctor, or you see a frontline worker, please thank them because they are the true heroes. And also, don't forget about the teachers. Please stay safe, everybody. So until we meet again, Man, I'm gonna throw the oop to you. That was go the slowest. Do, go ahead and do what Shaq would do <laughs> to to <Will> Chamberlain. <laughs> that was a super slow oop because your brain is still working. Anyway, wherever you can get them, y'all, we are approaching the NBA playoffs. Enjoy your hoop. Buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.